long spooky legends past, down through generations, to haunted locations that hold a ghostly past. Come one, come all, come blinders and seekers, hear the creepy side of Nipa. Welcome to the creepy side of Nipa. I am Dan Kozlowski. On tonight's show, joining us by phone are the UF Bros. The UF Bros is a local group made up of four guys. Three of them are actually barbers throughout the area. Shane, Brian, Frank, and JT. They sort of have a common interest in looking more in-depth into the sightings and reports of UFOs and strange happenings throughout northeastern and central Pennsylvania. But they also look into sightings throughout the country. I happened to stumble upon these guys online. They actually have a YouTube show they put together called The UF Bros. On the show, they were actually discussing a local UFO sighting in the Carbondale area that happened back in the 1970s. After watching their show, I figured their group would be a perfect match for the creepy side of NEPA to kind of come on and talk about some of the reports they know of throughout the area. Let's waste no more time on this introduction. Let's get right into it. Thanks for coming on to the creepy side of NEPA, guys. Hey, Hey, what's up? Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, man, thanks for having us. No problem. I see you guys on YouTube. I see you guys online talking about local UFO stories, so I figured what better than bring you guys on the creepy side and maybe discuss a little about UFOs tonight. Yeah, you've got a great podcast, man. We're honored to be a part of it. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, first of all, before we get into the show, what exactly do you guys do? I saw you guys are barbers. Um, Yeah, three Three, three quarters of us. Three are. out of four of us, yep. So you guys just have a common interest of UFOs? Yeah, we started kind of talking to each other about it while working and just went down the rabbit hole, so to speak, you know? Yeah, it all started with like just a couple of conversations and then involving, you know, customers in the conversations and one thing led to another and here we are. There definitely is a, an interest out there for it. How did you guys come up with the idea of calling yourselves the UFO Bros and sort of making that online show? I think that was toxic. Who came up with the name? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Seemed cool. Yeah, <laughs> still is. Had a good ring to it. Still it is. does have a good ring. It is a catchy name. Yeah, it's a great name. What kind I of? Think I, I think what? I went for like the abducted or something, and it was stupid. No one liked it. <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> not as catchy. Tried, we also tried, I think, describe the way we look at things. A lot of stuff that you see on TV, and that it's very serious, very you know scientific oriented and can be, can be a little boring and yeah. for us we try to do like a lighter hearted take maybe like joke no not joking around about the subject matter but just kind of have more fun with it so UF Bros kind of gives you the idea that like you know we're hanging out we're having beers together and we're just interested in this stuff without sort of being like factual only you know right. yeah we, we, we take the field incredibly seriously but i think a lot of people kind of a lot of the shows that you see it's it's incredibly dry so i think by adding a little bit of humor into it helps keep the viewers attention to a degree right and also you guys are doing it to have some fun too let's not get that wrong <laughs> that's, that's the only reason we're doing it. <laughs> what type of local sightings do you guys hear about so obviously the first one, I don't know if you watched the entire episode of the first one. Thank you if you did. Yep, I have watched your, um, your first episode. You're the man. Um, so our biggest one was the Carbondale crash, which also um, it all tied together because we were working at a shop one of the one of the days, and um, 
during a haircut, we were talking about it, and we ended up cutting one of the relatives who was present at the crash, her uh, nephew. So we were able to um, set up an interview with um, one of the Gillettes who was there at the crash. We were, we were the first people that ever got to interview her. Now, when you say pre- present at the sighting, was he just happened to be there? Was he working near the site? Did he? The story that was printed in the newspaper the week of 1974 in November. It said that um, Billy Gillette, Maria Gillette, um, and a few other people were riding their bikes. They saw a crash. They followed it, and it turned in. It just snowballed into this giant um, UFO crash, and, you know, military showed up. Thousands of people were there. Um, generally, yeah, the, 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 the biggest people that were there were the Gillettes, and um, I was cutting Nathan, uh, Nathan McAndrew, and he happened to be – his mother was one of the people who was there. He was She was uh, Billy Gillette's sister. Okay. So through cutting him at the shop, we were able to set up an interview with her. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was this sighting happened at a swamp area in Carbondale? Yeah, it was like a silt pond. Uh, in a, Something to do with mining, like a, like a runoff pond for, for coal mining. Okay. Yeah, it was, Russell, it was Russell Park in Carbondale. Okay. They said, I mean, some people say 2,000 people showed up. Some people say 10,000 people showed up. Um, I personally have relatives that had to move their cars off of the street to fit the flatbed truck through that had the object on it. Okay, so this thing, whatever crashed in that water area, was rather large then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also there, there's I, I can't confirm this part, but there were rumors of um almost like 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 a bread truck, like a big square truck, taking something else out of the pond and taking it into the back roads where like the miners used to take their vehicles through the woods instead of through the main streets. Interesting. So, what exactly happened, or what did people say happened that night? So the. Uh, the official story was someone said that they threw a lantern, like a railroad lantern, into the water to prank people. Um, but clearly, you know, that wasn't the case. Yeah. That was like a big cover-up some of the, to kind of hush the whole thing. Some of the stories are that the local law enforcement went out in a little boat and fired shots, you know, fired shots from from a revolver mm-hmm. into the water at at this glowing light. So there's a lot that goes into it, I guess. But yeah, the official story was that it was a. It turned out to be a coal miner's lantern that was underwater, still glowing for what several hours. Yeah, yeah. and um, the the lantern company was actually contacted. We, you know, the serial number was provided off the bottom of the lantern, and the company said that it wouldn't have been able to be under that deep of a water for more than nine minutes without burning out yeah it would seem like it would burn out rather quickly i would think anyway sure and how small it is i mean it wouldn't have carried that big of a a light yeah it was like a like a six volt like railroad lantern you know mm-hmm. that was the official story and then when we when we spoke to maria gillette she told us that you know they were hanging out at the pond long before the police got there and when the police got there she told us that the chief of police told her if you guys don't shut up about this, there's going to be more than a UFO at the bottom of that pond. Ooh, very interesting. They wanted to cover that up, it sounded like. The chief of police at the time for uh, Carbondale, he wasn't actually the full-time chief of police. He was just kind of put onto the role for like for like the weekend or for the week because the current chief of police was kind of taking a vacation. Boy, what a week he got <laughs> yeah. stuck there. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, you know, from what we were able to, we interviewed locals and stuff like that. They said he was a very short-tempered guy. So I, I just don't know. He he went from being a cop to chief of police during a UFO crash. Yeah. So maybe by making threats and stuff, he was kind of freaking out a little bit. Um, what we did hear from a lot of local people who were around 
at that time that they believed that something large was taken out of the pond and loaded onto a flatbed truck and taken away by, you know, some form of military or, you know, some, something like that. So there are definitely varying stories between what the newspaper said is real and what the local people who were there saw or witnessed. And that's sort of what caught our interest to begin with. You know, it was such a big thing in our area back then. Everyone has a story, you know, uh, about where they were when it happened or what they heard. And so we kind of just took that and started interviewing people and rolled with it. Right. Especially being so close to this area, it's just, like you said, uh, an event that sort of everyone remembers where they were. Sure. And um, I got a couple of interesting calls from um, people who said, like, you know, my dad was a cop at the time when they were, you know, the crash was going on. And they they described the object from under the uh, tarp that it was in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Kecksburg, Pennsylvania crash. That I'm not. But, okay. It's, it, the object was they, they deemed it the space acorn. It just looks like a giant acorn shaped. This is in Kecksburg. Right? Yeah, Kecksburg. It's near uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. But um, the object that crashed in Kecksburg, a lot of people that called us described the Carbondale object as almost the same exact thing. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. So um, my personal consensus is I think it might have been a Soviet satellite. And um, if you if you draw a line from Carbondale to Kecksburg and just keep drawing that line down um, through like a map, mm-hmm. it goes it goes right over Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio, and um, there's a lot of rumors about that having some you know objects from the Roswell crash. It's called Hangar on 18, and um, so maybe a different company or a different country was trying to get some type of intel on what we had at our Air Force bases, and that just kept happening to fail in orbit. Right, you just don't know exactly what it was, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Nothing was ever, like, confirmed solidly. There was a lot of, you know, just, I saw this, I saw that. Here's what they told us officially. Here's what, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they closed the case with, yeah, with saying lantern. it was a lantern. And, and I think they, the common thread from locals that you talk to is that something was taken out on a truck that was very large. Yeah. So, if contradicts that lantern story and they, they tried odd. to say that it was old mining equipment that was underwater that they were removing and it's just like it's far too convenient to be like oh we're just removing this old mining equipment we just happen to be doing it now we just happen to be doing it under the cover of darkness with military trucks and like <laughs> yeah especially it doing it at up. night just doesn't seem right yeah. no they actually they actually contacted um dr alan hynek's office yeah that he, he was a big astronomer and um he, he took on, it was called Project Blue Book. It was a big government um, project back in the day where they investigated UFO sightings and stuff like that. Okay. But for the fact that somebody who was at the Carbonell crash, they thought it was serious, serious enough to contact Alan um, it, It's crazy. I'm, I'm laughing because it's so outrageous that a crash in Carbondale, they reach out to Alan Hynek. Right. Because um, he's such a big name. But he even said, like, if it, it, if it was something like um, a satellite or... Um, it would have burned out, you know, much slower. And it also would have um, produced a lot of radiation. And a lot of people said that the pond was producing a lot of radiation when they were using their Geiger counters on it. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And I think, like like you said, it happened right in our backyard. And they go and they try to find an expert into the UFOs. That just sort of backs up the whole UFO story. Exactly. 
you guys have any other local stories people come into the shop and tell you about that happened around this area? I'll, I'll tell you what. Recently, a couple of months ago, there was a story going around, <clears throat> and people were saying that something crashed into Ford's Pond up in Clark Summit. And I remember at the time I was living up there, and um, my my girl came home, and she was telling me that there's all these, like, nondescript helicopters flying around the area like they look like military black kind of helicopters and a lot of them are kind of congregated around the the clark summit area and then a lot of other people i saw on facebook started reporting in like something crashed into ford's pond there's all these military helicopters like circling the area and i mean that was only a couple of months ago yeah two, two like, and i think months ago. probably right before like all of the pandemic stuff hit it was like right around that time mm-hmm. um I wasn't home to see any of it, but, you know, she told me she saw all these helicopters, and then I started seeing a lot of other people chiming in on it. So, and I don't think anything ever came of it, really. It just kind of disappeared, the story. No, I know, like, a lot of the shows on TV and stuff say a lot of the stuff could be explained by, like, testing out new military flying objects, but you don't really know if that's something with the military or something else. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you never really know. I'm sure, you know, if you can dream it, I'm sure the military has at least tried to build it or maybe has a working model of it or, who, I mean, really, who knows, you know? Right. They're not telling us everything. Right, and a lot of stuff does seem just a little too strange. Yeah. Oh, a lot of it's way too strange. I even got a call from a guy um, near the Pittsburgh area. He was sent, He sent me photos of an actual saucer that crashed off the coast of Russia. And it's about the size of the Superdome. Wow. And in the, in the photos, you can see it, it crashed into the ocean, and it skidded for a significant length. And you can see the tail of, like, where it skidded through, and, like, it kind of lands into a place where it's covered in sand. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I mean, the thing's huge. I want to say it's, like, 670 feet in diameter. But if you go back to Google Earth and now with the coordinates, you can't find it. Yeah, that sounds massive. Yeah. It's it's huge. We we have we have the pictures. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at them right now. I'm trying to find the exact measurement here for you. Uh, with that being said, one thing that's been cool, even just with a little bit of online exposure and us putting ourselves out there, like on YouTube and that, we have been reached reached out to by, you know, people across the state and you know from other states even that just have stories to tell, and it's pretty interesting because we're into it. You know, not just for a TV show or anything, just on our in our personal, you know. Right. We we like hearing about that stuff. We like talking to other people who have had experiences. It's cool that people reach out to us and, you know, send send they send Shane pictures and you know stories and stuff like that. It's neat. Yeah, and uh, Frank actually went to school for photography, so it's cool to have somebody in the field who's able to look at it with a good eye for like what's what. And he's a huge help. Like, I take a lot of the phone calls. Frank does a lot of the um, the photo analysis. And then Jackson talks. Drink. I watch a lot of movies and drink beer. So I bring a lot of things to the I think. Yeah, if I got a big mustache here, they pluck it out real quick. I'm definitely more of a molder than a scully myself. So it doesn't take much for me to believe something. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. So we, we try our best, like every time we get a call or like an email or a message, I, I really don't want to just scream alien. Right. And so far I haven't, you know, um, 99.999% of these cases are usually just malfunctioning craft from other countries or our country. And um, I would love to say alien every time, but I just don't have enough evidence to do so, you know? 
Um, there's, there's, you know, people have sent me pictures like, oh, I think I got a picture of uh, an alien walking through the woods. And Frank said, dude, that's, that's a beehive with branches in front of it that looks like a, a face. <laughs> yeah, you a lot of this mean? stuff could be explained for sure. Sure, and it's hard because a lot of the people who reach out to us with this type of material, they're nervous about it. Like, they don't want to talk about it. They get made fun of for it or whatever. So then we have to break the bad news to them that, hey, like, this isn't really anything. Oh, um, the giant chicken footprints. The giant chicken footprints, <laughs> yep. yeah. So, <laughs> we, we had this old guy come in, and he was like, we were working one day, and he came in, and he was like, I have to show you guys something I found on Google Earth. So we're, like, immediately excited. He's like, it looks like something crashed into the woods and, like, ripped down trees and all this kind of stuff. So he pulls it up, and we're like, whoa, it looks like a giant chicken, like, left footprints <laughs> in the middle of the woods. Like, just these, like, straight, weird, like, chicken feet shapes. Like, if it was, if it was an ancient alien episode, it would be called, like, Chicken of the Gods. Yeah. Because they're these, like, just giant footprints. And um, so we planned on, like, we hired a guy with a drone. We were like, all right, here we go. Monday, we're going to go out. We're going to send up the drone. We're going to get footage of these things. So see if there's any, like, see if there's any, like, you know, truth to it. Like, anything like, in the trees that yeah. looks like there was damage to the trees. Like if the trees were knocked down. Or right, you want to see if something was out there. Yeah. So we kept talking about it, and I ended up showing a guy, and he goes, do you know what that is? And we we're like, no. And he goes, those are shooting lanes for, like, deer hunting. Like, people oh, caught them out okay. the woods. Yeah. And they put bait in there, and then they, like, sit, and that's how they shoot deer. And, like, I didn't want to tell the old guy because he just had his heart set that it was something alien. <laughs> it, did look, it did look very... It did look really weird. And he, um... Like, picture about it. Sure. Very, you know, explainable. And he also linked, like, he was he was going through Google Earth for years, and he was like, look, uh, before 1974, these weren't here. Yeah. Since the Carbondale crash here, they are all of a sudden. And right. like, I was fired up for like a week. Yeah. You know, I was driving my wife nuts talking about this thing. <laughs> and it turns out it's just where people hunt who don't feel like it's hunting. It's just like, yeah, it's just how many people hunt deer. And we're like, oh, man, like it crushed my soul. Oh, and I only, I finally told the guy like probably half a year later what it was. Uh, I, I broke his heart say? that day. I broke his heart, you know. <laughs> was he sad? He was sad, he yeah. Was sad. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude, was, I, was, I was literally just cutting a guy who works for, like, the fire department, and I was like, yo, what do you think of this? And he goes, are, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, dude, like, are these, like, chicken feet from the gods, you know? And he was like, no, this is where they're just shooting lancer deer. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I was so let down. Yeah, because you, know, you guys are sort of doing the same thing with a lot of people I have on the show. Like, I had a Bigfoot expert on the show. I had numerous ghost hunters, and they all do the same thing. They sort of try to debunk it before they... Sure. Before they say it's actual evidence. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's important. You know, <clears throat> some of us are a little more skeptical than others. Jax, you, you say you want to you think everything's I want to grow leaves, you know what I mean? <laughs> I want to grow leaves. Yeah. I'm a little more skeptical, I think. Like, if something can be can be proven to just be, you know, natural, something natural, or yeah. maybe something we haven't seen before, then... It's, it's at least worth looking into everything else before thinking like, wow, this is, you know, from a different planet. Yeah. I'll, I'll sit and stare at a photo and take into account like, you know, the grain of the photo, like the light sources, the, you know, the angles and like, sure. look, like look for everything and try to explain it, you know, before I'll say like, I don't know what it is. And if I don't know what it is, cool. But if I do know what it is, then like, here's what it is, you know? And I did see in your episode, which I thought was pretty neat, you guys spent some time down in Pottsville. 
and they have that actual oh, yeah. piece of the moon in the ground. Yeah, that was cool. We did push-ups on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a cool little spot. Uh, it's a neat neat little town, and that's that shop was really cool. Martian Materials, right, Shane? Yeah, it's uh, Martian Materials. The owner's name is uh, Roger Webby. He actually just recently got into making um, like engagement rings and jewelry out of lunar rocks, so you can like propose to your lady with like a moon rock. Now, as for the moon in the in the ground, what is what actually happened there that he put that into the but, ground to market? I think he just w- with working with like local officials and you know celebrating his shop in the town. I think he put a small piece of lunar rock into the sidewalk there. Um, but it coincided with where JFK gave a speech, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, geographically, if you go to the exact spot where the rock is located, that's where they had uh, JFK's podium where he gave a speech in Pottsville, and he talked about getting man on the moon. So they thought it'd be cool to commemorate that speech with putting a moon rock exactly where he stood. Sure, that sounds perfect. So, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, I guess, cool. you know, you can... Technically, or literally stand yeah. down a piece of the moon. It's in like a, JFK talked about it. I don't know if it's a glass thing or like yeah, a plexiglass kind of, but you can see it right in the ground. Really right. I think he actually, his store now, I think he like sprinkled the ground of his shop with like meteor dust. You could walk on it. Oh, yeah. The entire thing. Oh. He's got a 3D printer. It's like an 80s quarter arcade. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's tons cool of old shop. arcade machines, which we did cover some of that in the episode as well. Yeah. Toxic has the, the Donkey Kong 3 record. <laughs> yeah, Donkey Kong's <laughs> story. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's still standing, right? Well, it's Probably, yeah. Now, do you guys get any more interesting sightings that sort of stuck with you that people called in and let you know about? Let you know about? Oh, man. There's a handful. Uh, let me yeah. think. Um, my, I, I still think my favorite one's the Russia UFO one. Um, we're actually going to be starting our own podcast in the coming months, and he's going to come in from Pittsburgh to talk about it. Okay, what uh, is the name of your podcast when it comes out? Probably just UF Bros. UF yeah. Bros? Yeah, we haven't done anything with it yet. We're kind of getting the studio set up currently. Um, but, uh, you know what? Uh, I was trying to get a hold of, speaking of Carbondale again, there was a really weird um, Sasquatch video that leaked onto the internet. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I tried forever to get a hold of the people who filmed it. And, like, the person that submitted it to the news, he didn't want his, like, name dropped or anything like that. So I was on Facebook, and I was messaging people who were on the news, like, talking about it. And But if you Google, like, Carbondale Sasquatch, it's a really weird video. Um, I don't know why it's always Carbondale. I think that's, like, the Bermuda Triangle of the Northeast. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a, everything sort of happens right around Carbondale. It seems like a... Wo- a like a weird area right there. Everything got weird in Carbondale. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a thing with like coal and limestone and it holds like, I don't know. There are certain stones that hold certain amount of energy. I don't really oh, know yeah. everything behind it, but I'm I did hear that stuff before. I mean, I've heard, I've heard like, you know, people that are in the paranormal field would say like, you know, these old castles or whatever in Ireland, that are like super haunted, have like a really high concentration of limestone in and around the castles and something about limestone. Now, before we started talking about the, your podcast, what was that story you guys were going to start? You I'm sorry, about, you were going to start talking about one of the stories that sort of stuck with you that somebody called in with? Oh, yeah, it was the one that we were talking about, the um, the really giant saucer that crashed off of the coast of Russia. That's probably my favorite one. Um, and this was somebody that just contacted you out of the blue after, yeah, after he, they saw you online? 
we had an article in the Weekender, okay. and I agreed for some reason to give them my cell phone number. <laughs> so upon receipt, you know, people seeing said cell phone number, I got a bunch of awesome phone calls. I'm sure but, you got um, some interesting ones. Probably got two ones. They were awesome. And um, I, I tried my best. Um, the one still calls me like once a week and hangs up real fast when I'm when, like... The, what about the guy that's probably that the shot guys. the lizard man? Oh! Like, <laughs> no, yeah. That, that was, yeah stay on target. Stay yeah, on we're going to stay on target. Yeah. Um, so, so you were contacted after your number was put in the paper yeah. by, by someone in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah, so the guy from Pittsburgh, he bought a new laptop. And he's older, but he bought a new laptop. And um, he said he went on to Google Earth just because he never got to see, you know... Some of the things he wanted to on the planet because he got older, whatever like that. So, but for some reason, when he clicked on the Google Earth um, app, it took him directly to the coordinates off the coast of Russia. Um, I believe near the Arctic Sea. And okay. if you if you continue to zoom in on the coordinates, it takes you into this giant dome-shaped saucer, and that like was the one off, off like the Siberian islands, like. But, um, yeah, for some reason, every time he opened the application up, it kept sending him directly to it. And um, he actually he reached out to a handful of people in, like, the astronomy field, like, science, and, like, none of them knew what to do with it. So he reached out to me, and I cut hair. I'm not even an astronomer. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, I sent it to Frank and the guys, and I sent it to a couple of my really um, educated friends, and none of us can still figure this one out. Interesting. It just looks like a big dome or saucer. Yeah, if you go on to um, the our UFO's Facebook or Instagram page, you can see a good photo of it. Okay. Yeah, it looks like a it. giant black circle that's mostly dug into the sand, and you can see the trail behind it where it's skimmed across the sand at the bottom of the ocean. So it's about two hundred and seventy feet below the sea level. That sounds pretty interesting, and it, it, it's yeah, pre- it's it has to be pretty massive if it's picked up on Google Earth. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he said it's about the size of the Superdome, which it's over six hundred feet. That's crazy. And since you gave um, your phone number out there, any other stories that sort of stuck in your mind? Um, another person called me. Um, they said that they were taking photos of like a part of the woods where um, it was. It, it's predominantly like like a snake pit, so like they don't really walk down there. But right. they were taking. They were just taking repetitive photos, and they didn't see anything at the time. But um, they said they caught, like, photos of an alien walking through the woods. Um, I never released those photos out of respect because I couldn't give her a direct answer. Mm-hmm. But um, there were some pretty cool photos. Um, I, it wasn't an alien. That was the one that, to me, you know, they were they were really poor quality photos. But my best assessment was that it was a wasp's nest. If you can pick, yeah, if you can picture yeah. one of those grayish. Paper, paperish kind of like, wasp nest. Right. Looks like a gray alien. Yeah, but the way it was set up near tree branches and things, like it would start to play tricks on your eyes. But ultimately, I think it was just a like a wasp's nest in the woods. Yeah, in the photo, she didn't like what I had to say, so it was sent to another UFO organization, and the state director said that it must be an interdimensional portal for aliens to travel through. And I'm like, that's a it's a wasp nest. Sure <laughs> <being there. laughs> yeah, maybe. But maybe. Maybe it's possible. No, yeah. Maybe. I mean, that could have been murder wasps at that time. I mean, bees are like the most important creature on the planet, you know? Far more than us. 
no bees, no us, man. No, I, I know what you're talking about. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just, where are we go with it? I don't know. We got on bees. <laughs> so, any any other interesting stories you guys have to share before we wrap this up? Uh, I mean, we've all had some personal experiences. Frank, Frank was abducted. I do think I was abducted <laughs> in about 1998. I had a really weird experience camping, and it was like very eye-opening for me. That's kind of what got me into everything. Go on. Yeah, might as well go on, share. Yeah, I was in a I, I was in a, a tent with my three buddies. We had met these two girls earlier in the day. Intense. And uh, yeah, it's so we were hanging out with these two girls, and then we walked them to their campsite, and we started walking back to our campsite, and it started raining. And I was the only one who had like a decent tent that had a rain shield on top. So my two buddies were like. Can we sleep in here with you? And I'm like, yeah, they're oh, a little wet. <laughs> you know? So we started going to sleep, and, like, there's three of us crammed in this tent, so it was pretty tight. And, like, I woke up kind of in the middle of the night because I heard a weird sound, and it sounded like like a very rotary engine kind of sound, like a, like a whirring noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, like, red and yellow lights that were kind of going around in a circle, and then they went away. Like, I stayed in the tent. I didn't get out of the tent. So I was like, well, that was friggin' weird. So then I like woke up my one buddy and I'm like, dude, like watch with me for a while. So we stayed up and then all of a sudden it started happening again. This noise like and these red and yellow lights going around. And now all three of us are awake and we're like freaked out. My one buddy goes to unzip the tent and I slapped his hand. I'm like, don't you unzip that. <laughs> so then it happened again, but now this time it was so much brighter and I could see the shadows of trees going around with these colored lights. And from behind one tree, it looked like a like a head peeked out. And then next thing I know, I remember just saying, like, guys, I'm really tired. And then I remember just waking up in the morning, like, startled, like, gasping, like, <clears throat> like, wake up. We were all in different positions than we were the night before when we went to sleep. So we had, like, rolled over each other in some sort of weird, I don't know, man wrestling match in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Man we ended up we were like all right we got to get out of here but i want to like go down and meet up with the girls and like talk to them about this so as we're walking down to their campsite they're running up the hill towards us and they're like you guys aren't going to believe what happened to us last night there was these red and yellow lights and this noise so it happened to them too so you guys weren't the only ones to see that then that night right yeah there was like unfortunately one of the other guys he's no longer alive um but my one buddy, this was something we were going to maybe like talk about in a future episode, get him on and like get his account too, because, you know, it's one thing for me to say it, but if I have somebody to back me up. Right. It makes him know. more credible. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was weird. It was really weird. Frank, remember the one time I called you at 1am to drive to my yes. house? Yeah. Yeah. We were in, I was living in Jessup and you could see over the mountains of like probably Scott Township. There was, um, in Orb. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's like a bright light. Yeah, and um, you know, we're, we're sitting there like, you know, is it like a lantern? Is it a craft at a weird angle? Whatever. And then all of a sudden, as we were looking at it, two little orbs popped out of the sides of it. Yeah, and it just they, went in different directions. Yeah, but they were going horizontal. They were going vertical. They weren't doing anything yeah. that like a lantern would be able to it, do. It wasn't right. sitting still, you know. It was weird. And um. That one was weird. We couldn't get good photos because yeah, you know, it was really far away. It was really dark. You know how UFO photos go. Yeah, yeah, and they're always grainy, and you can't make out what they are for the most part. Sure. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, no, they were going up, down, left, right. Um, then all of a sudden, the two, the two smaller ones just took off like really fast. And then um, so there was like a larger one, and the smaller ones came out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we don't know what that one was. That was a pretty cool one. Yeah, like, it's one of those things. I, I honestly think that the more you get into something like this, or the more you think about flying objects, and the more you look up in the sky, the more you see or notice. And once you start to look up more you'll see stuff that you can't explain it's it's probably not an alien spacecraft but who knows what half of the stuff is right, right exactly i know like for me personally before i started this podcast i didn't know all the creepy and weird stuff that happens right here in our area yeah right, right. Oh, yes tons of it there's tons of it because usually when you see like the specials on tv that everyone sees on they're always like Philadelphia or places a little little ways from here. You never really hear anything that happening here in NEPA. But once I started the podcast, they sort of just all the stories just sort of came in. Yeah, well, statistically, um, I think one in twelve UAP settings actually get reported. So most of them just go under the radar. Right. Like and for me personally, I've seen there was one week a couple of years ago where I had seen a green light. If you've ever seen a shooting star or a meteor. It looked like that, but it was going up instead of down. And it lasted probably five, six seconds, like mm-hmm. not too long, right. but long enough to get eyes on it. And that, I'm sure, was probably just a meteor or something like that. But, yeah, but like even just meteors and things, like if you catch them at the right angle, it's yeah. for me, I, I want to hope that there's something else. You want to bro leave. Right. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> credit jt for that one (laughs) (laughs) that was his but um yeah no there's a ton of crazy stuff man unfortunately just most of it doesn't get reported you know so i I was we're hoping by being a local uap investigation group that we would get some of the calls and the emails and we are you know right now i don't really know for sure but it seems like you guys are mostly the only group for ufos around here am i right yeah, I think we should get like some type of like title belt for us to wear. <laughs> <laughs> we think so. I mean, we can't. We can't be sure. Yeah, we no, but so. we are trying to work out episode two, and I think we're probably going to lean like the the Bigfoot route, right? We're we're planning on like camping or something like that. Yeah, something something cool. Yeah. I want to I want to try to lock in the Carbondale um, Sasquatch video. I implore you to look that up on YouTube. It's so it's weird. crazy because it's like it's definitely not a mask. Like the eyes react to light. Like the, yeah. you could see the eyes like squinting and. If it's makeup, it's really, really well done. But I mean, I don't know. Knows, and, you know? They even like they had they had a um, a photo editor, like a video editor, break it down slow motion, like change the lighting. Yeah, the limbs were super long that you just wouldn't see in the video. Um, it moves at an incredibly rapid rate. If you if you're listening and you know anything about the Carbondale Sasquatch video, give Shane's phone a call or a check. <laughs> 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 it's uh yeah five seven zero. 780-4988. Please make these calls worth it. Incredible. You need a burner. And when are you guys thinking? Your... When are you guys thinking to be doing your second episode? Um, Barbara life. We got to figure that one out. Yeah. I'm sure you yeah. guys are just starting to get back to normal. Well, trying to get back to normal with this uh, whole yeah, restrictions getting lifted. Yeah. Yeah, we're finally getting back to work now. So, I mean, you know, hopefully as soon as possible. Yeah. But we don't have anything right now, you know, concrete planned. 
No, I know you just gave the phone number out a few minutes ago, but if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, do you guys have a you, Facebook page you, meant, you guys are mentioning? Or a yeah, website? It's, uh, it's just UF Space Bros. Or you can email us at uh, UF Bros TV at gmail.com. And one more time, what was your phone number again? Five, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, 570-780-4988. Okay, that way if anyone has any stories they want to share with you, that way they get right a hold of you. UFOs, aliens, Bigfoot, I'm here for all of it. Yeah, good, <laughs> yeah, good jokes. Beer recommendations. Yeah. Uh, we have an Instagram. UF Bros TV. UF Bros TV, that's your Instagram? Yep. yep. Okay, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us tonight. Thank yeah, you thank so you much. For having us. We hope we, we gave you good information. I think you have. It's definitely been entertaining talking with you guys. <laughs> thank you very right, much thank you brother have a good night yep you too thank you for listening to the creepy side of nipa if you are interested in seeing the uf bros youtube show visit our facebook page wnap's creepy side of nipa we have a link posted on the page that will direct you right to their show and also while you're there make sure to give us a like that way you'll always be informed on the latest information pertaining to the creepy side of nipa for the next episode of The Creepy Side of NEPA, scheduled to be released mid-August, we are now doing a summer campfire theme. This will be your opportunity as a listener to share your own personal spooky story that happened to you throughout northeastern or central Pennsylvania. We are not necessarily just looking for ghost stories. It could be a ghost story, Bigfoot sighting, UFO sighting, or just a story that's plain strange that made you sit there, scratch your head, and wonder, what was that? If you would like to share your story on the Campfire episode, please submit a small summary of your story to ghost at WNEP.com. We might just pick you to join us at the Creepy Side of NEPA Summertime Campfire. Thank you again for listening to the Creepy Side of NEPA. Don't forget to like us, follow us, or subscribe to the Creepy Side of NEPA, depending on the podcast platform that you use. Until next time, enjoy the Creepy Side of NEPA. This has been the creepy side of Nipah. If you have a spooky story that took place in northeastern or central Pennsylvania, send it to ghost at WNEP.com for your chance to share it on an upcoming episode. We're dying to hear from you. <laughs>